0: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
1: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The kind of analogy I give is that how funny or how bizarre that you had that experience in your science and your math lessons and now have that experience and have that perspective in adulthood, to science mm-hmm. and maths, but you know, if we think about your music teacher, or maybe the relationship your music teacher might have had with other folks, we never would say, I hated my music teacher, and therefore I now hate music. True we almost narrow it down and say, this is the only experience of maths or science that people can have that we will recognize. And you either get it in that classroom, that teacher, or you don't. And that's it Mm -hmm. forever. Whereas Mm -hmm. actually that's not really what science is about. It's not what maths is about. It's not what tech is about. It's not that you have to know the maths to get the tech. It's not that, you know, you must remember such and such, you know, basics to understand science. Like I think it's something that, you know, there's lots of things that are new and there'll be lots of avenues to get to the same place for you to have your own appreciation, your own kind of science capital, they call it. You are listening to the Dope Black Mom podcast.
0: I'm delighted to be here with Anne Maria Fredon, MBE, author, social entrepreneur, and founder of the Stemets. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi, hi Nina.
0: <laughs> hi, <everyone>. hi. I'm, <laughs> I'm really sorry. Everybody, I kind of uh, messed up and we were waiting on, the, on another link. So um, not the best start, but hopefully it's gonna breeze through and um, get to the good stuff. So just wanted to say massive congratulations on your publication of your amazing book and wanted to just understand a little bit about how you got here and your journey. So if okay, could you just tell us a little about your childhood?
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, I I had the same length childhood as most other folks. Good to Uh, know, good to know. I got got a lot done in it. I grew up in East London. I'm the eldest of five children uh, born to British Nigerian parents. And I um, just was very curious. I wanted to know how things worked in in great detail.
0: (laughs) Amazing. And was there anything in particular that your parents, family, friends nurtured about your curiosity or kind of gave you space to be curious?
1: Yeah, I mean, my dad didn't kill me for all the things I tried to take apart and did take apart. Um, in the Thank
0: house. Thank the
1: Lord. Nice. Yeah, I mean, really thankful for that. I mean, I I <laughs> was obsessed at one point with the VCR player and really wanted to know where Timon and Pumbaa were coming from between right. the cassette tape, the VCR player and the TV that they ended up, you know, appearing on. So I remember trying to take that apart. I mean, even the washing machine, you know.
0: Really? How old were you? Anywhere between four and nine. Okay, that is amazing because I have a four and a six-year-old. So your parents just let you get on with it, then. Apparently so. I live to tell <laughs> <hell>. <laughs> well, power to them. You know, that's the that's the first step. Having a space where you're not, um, I don't know, penalised. You're just given space just to just to explore because that could scare a few people.
1: Definitely, and I think of that now. Of my devices, if anybody, I mean, I don't <laughs> judge them, if anyone ever was going to jeopardise the settings. Them, I would yeah, I yeah. would kill them. So I think. Um, yeah, really, really fortunate to have parents who just let us, you know, bounce off the walls, try what we wanted to try, as long as we weren't harming ourselves in a very serious way or being overtly destructive. Yeah, they were super, super, super supportive.
0: Amazing. Um, so uh, looking looking back at that curiosity and it being so young, do you feel STEM was always in your future?
1: Yes, but without knowing it.
0: And I think even
1: until I started STEMX, I didn't realize STEM was a thing. So Mm I, you know, this curiosity for things led to me having this um, accelerated learning journey where I did GCSEs at 10, A-levels at 11, went up to Oxford and did my master's and was done by 20 But for me, the whole time, it was just like, how does this work? How does that work? How does this work? How does that work? Okay, cool. So if we know that, then how will that work? And how will that work? And it's quite, (laughs) the knowledge in the maths and on the tech side definitely builds. Mm. So it was always something I was going to tinker with, always something I was going to play with. Did I know that there was a job waiting for me? You know, with this playing on the computers all day? No, not until, I mean, it didn't really hit me until I was about 16 that someone would literally pay me fair amount of money actually to sit on the computer
0: ding ding things, ding you amazing. know amazing. yeah <laughs> amazing and and just going back to this amazingly curious and intelligent 10 year old I'm a creative mm. I'm dyslexic mm-hmm. everything that you post on your page I would scare me and or <gasps> you know I, oh, <laughs> I'm, page. just your Instagram not not scare me as in I'm a creative so i don't I feel this is like outside my world, everything you're talking about, the things that you're curious about, and the things that kind of excited you. and I'm just thinking as a parent of a child who found these things so exciting did and and at ten when you're doing these you know you're acceler- you're having a vastly accelerated education, how did your parents support you? Were you ever because I assume at some point. You're gonna have questions that no one can answer or or kind of homework that no one can support you with.
1: I think STEM is very creative. I think everyone has has a creative outlet, and everyone has bits of the tech or the math or the engineering or the science that they get, and they have bits that they don't get. So yes. for me, even still now, like there's definitely parts of math that I absolutely hate, like
0: circle theory. Really? Like, okay, that makes it feel much. Maths. Okay, that makes me yeah, better. Yeah, they're,
1: they're, genuine, they're genuinely the worst. There was something I had to do at university called analysis and that's also the worst. But mm-hmm. I think it's important for everyone, so parent, child, whoever, to realise that there are elements, there will be things that you get and you really enjoy and that you understand and there'll be bits that you don't like as much and maybe you still understand. There'll be bits that you don't understand and you dislike. There'll be bits that you don't understand and you, you, understand and you do like. And so I think it you know is what, for everyone so- to kind of lean into the bits that you mm. do know and that you do like and I think the the thing that I still love about maths and tech is that they are still reliable. So if there was anything that um, I, I, you know, I had homework and people didn't understand or that even if I didn't understand, it was like, OK, cool, but we can figure this out. Like I already know A, B, C and D. And so, OK, cool. K is not the next letter, but there's definitely steps between <laughs> You know, that F and the G and, the, and and it might be that you get the letters in the opposite, in not in the correct order, right? Or you don't follow along, but all mm. of it can be unpicked. All of it can be logically figured out in a way that most things in life can't be. Mm. And I think for me, that was what I loved about it is that still till today, like two plus two is four for those values, for the right values of two. <laughs> and that's an absolute and there's no opinion there's no right. that's you certainty. Know, exactly like there's a certainty in technology we call it deterministic so if you write a piece of code if you write a line of code and I write a line of code and we you know get it to run and do what it needs to do it doesn't matter that you've typed it or that I've typed it it just works. Mm. and so I think that's the thing that I always clung to is even if I didn't know it now if my parents didn't know it now, if my teacher didn't know it now, one of us was going to be able to figure it out at some point, and that was the chase, that was the enjoyment, that was the excitement of it all. That there's all there's still some. I mean, still now today, there's new technologies coming out. What on earth is an NFT? What is a metaverse? <laughs> right? And it's like, yeah. Oh, here's the things I do know. That's something I don't know. What more can I read, understand, try and figure out to conceptualize, to understand, to get my head around whatever it is and so whether so whether it's dyslexia you know I
0: yeah. I have
1: really close friends that are dyslexic that actually the way yeah. they do maths sometimes they're faster than me and that's because they've got their own way that they've understood it that they've conceptualized that they're able to process it so and I talk about this a lot in the book like everyone has their own perspective yeah and STEM is richer for having folks that aren't like me contributing yeah. to it as well as folks who are like me contributing
0: do you know what, I, I take I take back my simplistic view. I am sorry to, <laughs> to to the STEM community because if I'd had you in my life when I was younger and I, I am dyslexic and I found math, science, I found it really tricky mm-hmm. and there was no support and mm-hmm. um, I just remember being kind of pushed to a side then put in the lower classes. And then, you, you know, mm-hmm. when it feels so, um, it feels so serious and yeah. so overwhelming and so weighty when you're in like the lower sets, and yeah. it means so much when you're in school, and then we kind of have to go this well for us in our school, we were sitting in a different classroom, and you're like, I'm mm-hmm. only in this set. And it's such a big thing that really, really played on my confidence. Mm. So I didn't even explore how you're talking about this is that you know, there, there could be other ways I could have looked at this from a, with a creative mindset. So I am sorry, stem. I'm gonna have a thing about this. No, but seriously, the way you're talking about, it, I was like, of course, I need to change my 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 output because I honestly get a little bit scared with my children and um, their math and science homework and thinking they're going to eclipse me and like I'm not going to be able to support them and I want to keep them excited because they are excited about these topics, but I'm like, I'm I'm so not the right person to be doing this, but hearing you talk has made me think i need to rethink how i'm thinking about this
1: i think and i'm glad i think it's it's something that it's not just it's not really about you apologizing to stem i think it is <laughs> you know stem stem and, and the way that we have posed it in our education system for various reasons um, and yeah. i think that's what it needs to apologize and I, the kind of analogy i give is that how funny or how bizarre that you had that experience in your science and your math lessons and now have that experience and have that perspective in adulthood to science mm-hmm. and maths, but you know, if we think about your music teacher, or maybe the relationship your music teacher might've had with other folks, we never would say I hated my music teacher and therefore I now hate music. True. And it's such Very an interesting true. thing that we almost narrow it down and say this is the only experience of maths or science that people can have that we will recognize. And you either get it in that classroom, that teacher, or you don't, and that's it mm-hmm. forever. Whereas mm-hmm. actually, that's not really what science is about. It's not what maths is about, it's not what tech is about. It's not that you have to know the maths to get the tech. It's not that you know you must remember such and such, you know, basics to understand science. Like I think it's something that and I I do explore this a lot in the book, we do this a lot at Stemets as well when we have a parent's newsletter to support folks like yourself as well at Stemets where, you know, there's lots of things that are new and there'll be lots of avenues to get to the same place for you to have your own appreciation, your own kind of science capital, they call it, Mm -hmm. where, you know, there might be people you have or there might be... You know, bits of technology that actually help you with your dyslexia that you know really well, (laughs) because that then solves the problem that you're trying to solve, or, you know, bits of science and, and ways to do maths that you're able to learn along with your children and um, i've i've got a maths book as well called how to be a maths whiz and you know we had i had this discussion with the publisher back then they were like well you know maths is taught as shape and space yeah. and the number and then, and i was like well i mean that's nice but what about the food of ma- how what about the maths of food <laughs> so i've got like Ooh. the first chapter is like food because it's like that's what we care about we care about food yeah and i care that. about splitting this pizza or this watermelon so everyone can have the same amount and 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 when you look at it from a slightly different way, then you're probably doing a lot of maths already. It just doesn't look like what it looked like in the classroom. And we've mm, almost been be- beaten into thinking that that's I think, the only way I
0: think that's what to it engage is. I with maths, feel, right? I do feel traumatised. Honestly, when my yeah. kids came home with their homework, I was like, oh my God, I'm not going to be able to do this. You've already kind of touched him. I was going to ask any advice from others listening of how to get their children interested in STEM. Um, I know you've said kind of find things that they're interested in, but any other practical advice uh, maybe for young children and, and for teenagers to try and engage?
1: So there's, there's lots of resources that are out there. I'm actually president of the British science association um, from September 22. And, you know, we've got festivals. There's quite a lot of kind of science and STEM outreach and spaces that you can go to to explore this that doesn't feel like school and isn't school, and that well, I promise your teacher probably <laughs> won't be. Um, but I think I think you do have to start with what folks are interested in. I mean, we had this a couple of years ago. We held a big data hack um, somewhere in the country, and we had a lot of girls and young women. Um, and uh, coming along to come and play with data sets, right? Play with big like st- sets of statistics and create their own statistics. And in the same event where they were coming together to kind of play with this um, software, we had young people who were creating infographics on Builder bear So there was one like five year old that went around the whole room and asked everyone about Builder bear and then she came and built hers. Her big, ses- her big sister was a Chelsea FC supporter So went through all the Twitter feeds of all the Chelsea um, players and came up with her own infographic of, you know, who's the best player and, you know, what did the public think and who's got the big most following. And and I've kind of dated this event a little bit, but someone else was obsessed with One Direction. (laughs) I mean that was her infographic right and so it's that thing if like everybody has something they're interested in what is the maths what is the science what is the tech what is the engineering of that thing that you're interested in and I think that's a really powerful route to start with anybody I mean my dad used to, to joke that you know if you if you give most kids a tenner to go to the shop and pick you something up and tell them that they get to keep the change they'll have figured out the change on the way to the shop right (laughs) and that's the math because it's like oh my gosh how much am I going to get to keep what can I buy with what I get to keep so I think that's always um, one way to do it I think the the other thing is to find groups find tribes um, and learn along with others because I think that's the other thing that you you know you you kind of described this a little bit in your Maths experience at school, but you know, if you've been put into sets or, you know, put in a different classroom with other folks, then it's all about the learning and assuming that all that knowledge comes from the teacher and you got it or you didn't get it. Whereas actually finding tribes, finding local support groups, where you can learn with others in a more relaxed environment often works for folks to kind of break down some of those barriers and for, you know, you to also learn that, yeah, I mean, if you were learning with me, you'd know that I hate circle theorems and that could be something actually, is probably your thing that you get with your dyslexia. It's probably something you can conceptualize much better than I can. And so things like that help to positively reinforce um where you may have had negative reinforcement
0: yeah 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 totally that that all sounds so much more accessible than my childhood so it's really exciting to hear that these things are accessible for generations you know coming forward um just wanted to speak about your book so congratulations on the publication she's in control a guidebook for women to take back tech this is available now in all good bookstores Can we talk about the title? First of all, amazing. Love it. It's written as she's in CTRL. Very, very cool. Yeah, the keyboard. Yes. Very cool. Made me smile when I saw that. Um, So the big question, why are women underrepresented in tech?
1: It's a really big question. I mean, I wrote, wrote, the whole, wrote the whole book. I wrote the whole book about it, and could definitely have written even more. And probably will write even more about it in the second book. I think it's a combination of factors. I think it's been a very intentional um, exclusion of women and pushing out of women from the space and erasure of the history that we have Oof. in tech. Yeah, big, big, mm-hmm. big words there. But I think it's something that you know because there's a lot of power that comes from technological skills, prowess, and access, I think that's definitely been, you know, one of the biggest factors for folks, you know, deciding and, and excluding and erasing and pushing women out of this space. And that's why the subtitle is How Women Can Take Back Tech. I mean, if you go back far enough, folks will have watched, you know, things like Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, um, or any of those kind of shows where you see kind of women used to do the telephone exchanges, right? Women used to do... Yeah. Lots of women used to do punch cards. If you've seen Hidden Figures, you've seen women that were literally computers that were calculating, you know, doing the mathematical calculations for space, um, space, the space race and space flight. And so, this is something that we've been doing for ages. We've been doing it for a very long time. If we go back far enough, it was seen as clerical, which is you know when we think of women doing secretarial work and, and clerical work, that's something that's very normal still now right but when it became technological it became about power it became about post-war efforts it became about you know control and restriction and recommendations then it's something that you know women were actively forced out of women were you know post-war whilst to train up uh, men who were coming back from war who ended up you know being managers of those I've said women as part of a kind of our, our effort rebuilding after the war so there's lots that's gone on where now you can be a woman and think that this isn't something for you it's not your space and it's not your place whereas actually that's the complete opposite right technology is touching so much now so much more than it was back when you know it was seen as so clerical that actually it's too important to leave to the men to create right and to do in isolation and it's harming us and it's getting in the way of us being able to thrive by us not being part of those decisions as they're being made not part of those teams who are making those decisions and just not part of the thought process with a lot of technology that's created these days so that that's why we're not there it's not part of it's not ended up being part of our social norm and so you end up feeling like you're pushing against the norm and pushing against the grain and pushing against sometimes society by being a woman that takes up that technical space or has any technical
0: prowess. Yeah and I, I know you cover a lot of this in the book but what can we do right now to change this? Any small changes that we can make today and what would you like to see change for the bigger picture?
1: So off the top of my head it almost you kind of need the context of you know, being curious, right? And exploring all the settings in your phone or taking on something like a password manager or using a different Google, or using a different search engine, sorry, from Google, you know, in your day-to-day life to see something slightly different and be exposed to, to differences of opinion and differences of results and, you know, different part of the internet. And so there's actually quite a lot of things for folks to do, but all of it boils down to get going and don't yeah. feel like you have to know all of it in day one, or that you have to get all of it right or correct in day one. So every getting started section is just a series of experiments. Like the idea isn't that you'll know all of it. It doesn't doesn't mean that you'll get it right the first time. Just give it a go, you know, take your phone next time you're underground or next time, you know, not that we have all the spare time in the world, but you know, set aside 10 minutes and just say, okay, cool. In this 10 minutes, I'm going to look at the settings on my TV. I'm going to look at the settings on my phone. Yeah. I'm going to look at the settings on my microwave. I'm going to look at the settings on and go through everything. What are the settings on the various devices that you have in your house around you and access to? Just have a look. Like What, what are the things that you could possibly change about them? And what happens when you try to change those things? And I think it's just that like delving your head, looking a little bit behind the curtain nice. and, you know, peacefully taking the time to do that. And yeah. you'll, you'll learn things as you go, as you explore and as you look that end up being useful in the workplace, end up being
0: useful to play, right? That's it. And it will feel familiar so that when it does come along in normal life, it won't feel scary like me. You won't put it off. Mm. And then it becomes a big thing in a mountain, kind of in a corner crying, thinking, I oh, can't do this. You know, you need help. When really, obviously, if you're familiar and just get curious about it all of these things you'll start to see the same patterns and everything will start to feel a little bit more familiar and a little bit less foggy and, I suppose, easier to contemplate.
1: Mm. That's
0: really, really good advice, really good advice. Um, So that's great for what we can do to um, get involved, what we can do to make ourselves feel more, I suppose, secure. Is there anything that we can do to keep the pressure on for long-term changes?
1: The biggest things we can do is ask questions and almost use that idea of you not understanding the technology to, to stand on and be like, I'm going to ask really basic questions, you know, that that might uh, seem really silly, but are actually really tough because if you can't explain something, then what are you hiding? Or if you can't explain something, then why can't you explain it? Um, and, you know, let's go through it step by step you know, these are algorithms, these things are incredibly logical. Logical. So tell me logically why we are using an algorithm that is based on who sat, whoever sat in the seat of this child last year and we're using that to make decisions on what's happening with their grades this year, right? Mm-hmm. Or tell me, let's just explain to me you know, if we're going to use this algorithm to help us make hiring decisions based on people who have already been successful in this company and success looks pretty much the same in this company how are we going to make sure that we're you know allowing different types of folks to thrive and come in and be successful in this organization without just rehiring everyone that we already have right and their carbon copies right so i think it's about asking questions asking what seems like really basic questions to folks to say okay cool why why is this something why do you know why do we need this uh, why are we using this to decide folks pay like what are the assumptions that are going into this computer says no algorithm that is deciding people's pay you know what what is it trying to adjust for is it trying to pay people as little little as possible so they stay at the company And, Mm. and why is that something we've got why is that something we're bringing in and how does that you know line up with what we're doing on gender pay gap and ethnicity pay gap so I think it's you've got to ask questions and get used to asking tough questions and calling things out when you see them and again it's one of those things that kind of practice makes progress so the more that you can call things out and say you know why is it that you know anyone who's got the title doctor at this gym can't get into their locker in the women's in the women's locker room right and so you, I think it's just asking questions getting inquisitive and asking seemingly simple but which are actually can be quite tough questions of the folks in power and, um and folks trying to roll out technology around you that impacts you.
0: That's really good advice. Really good advice. And I, and I love the idea of just asking questions. And this could be obviously in your personal life, at work, in your friendship groups. But what you're saying is just get on with it. Ask some questions, kind of try it out a bit. Mm. Make yourself feel comfortable so that you can ask the bigger questions. And hopefully, if we're all doing that, we can make a change. Exactly. Nice. Um, we touched on it earlier a little bit about the stemets, But can you just tell us a bit about the project, um, the mission, what you're doing with the STEMETS um, and how it all came about.
1: Sure, so STEMETS is a non-profit. We're actually 10 in 2023.
0: congratulations. Yeah,
1: so the project has become a bit of a, it's become a movement, I guess we could say 60,000 odd, uh, ish, -ish, 60,000-ish young people across the UK, Ireland and beyond. And we work to, engage inform and connect young women young non-binary people from five all the way up to 25 to the stem and the steam fields yeah stem and steam fields so stem being science technology engineering maths steam being science technology engineering arts and maths and showcasing the diversity of roles and of people available across these fields so for us it's you know, when it's panel events or, and speed networking, you get, you get to come and meet these people, whether it's getting mentors for young people who maybe don't know people um, in this field, whether it's getting, giving them access to, you know, adult certifications, a little bit like I had in my journey, but them doing that as cohorts of teenagers, you know, on a half term or in a summer holiday who are yeah. getting skilled up, Um, whether it's STEM clubs, whether it's our newsletters, whether it's our socials including our tiktok and our instagram we've got a closed social network so everything is about engaging folks with this or the opportunity that there is across steam and stem it's about informing them of the different options right the different pathways of the different types of people that they should have heard of and actually connecting them to peers and to role models and everything's free it's fun there's always food
0: that is a movement that really is a (laughs) movement so well done with everything you're doing And lastly, I just wanted to touch on your journey. Obviously, you've been in this game for a while now. Mm. How does it feel having grown up in the Black British tech community?
1: There's always work to do. And I think for me... It's still quite a small community and it's still quite early on in the community, the, that kind of black British tech community.
0: Mm-hmm. I think in 10
1: years, I've definitely seen folks being able to say the word black out loud in tech spaces. Cause so I think it definitely was something that, you know, if you go back 10 years, it just wasn't, it was almost like, why is that something we're talking about? Or, you know, this is an America or whatever it would be. And so I think, you know, the murder of George Floyd definitely pushed this forward in leaps and bounds. In a way that nothing else has, I could say over the next over the last ten years. Um, but I, I think it's one of it's one of excitement. I'm excited for what is going to come from the Black British tech community. I'm definitely excited. I think it's one that's still in its early stages of com- coming together in a community building. So I think we've definitely got still a couple of bits, you know, to figure out. You know, there's there's only just having you know, folks looking at the VC and the venture capitalist and like the funding side of things versus a lot of folks running incubator spaces that are helping people with ideas, get them off the ground. You know, there are other people that are then skilling things, skilling people up like clothing back females. So I think it's definitely, you know, we've, start, we've got going, but, you know, mm-hmm. I think there's so much more to come and I'm excited actually at the possibilities of, you know, the black British community coming together and taking up space in tech I'm really really excited actually at what could yeah. happen and what will happen yeah
0: that's really powerful and for you what's next what can we look out for
1: oh for me what's next I
0: mean with God, all I'm your hats it. that you hold
1: I mean this is it I've got a couple more episodes of countdown that I filmed I am the president as like I said, as of September 2022 of the British Science Association, there is apparently another book on the way. I mean, Ooh. we're still, we just about got this Yay. one out uh, first, so folks should definitely read, have a look, have a buy. You know, come along to one of my uh, book events. I'm sure that are being scheduled um, throughout the year. Um, So I think, yeah, a lot of books, still a lot of speaking and definitely a whole load of stomachs. Like I said, we're 10 in 2023. So it's a full year of celebrations, um, of reflection, but also of looking forward. And again, you know, to your question earlier about what needs to change at the top level, trying to get a lot of changes to happen based on 10 years of hard work.
0: Mm. Mm, That is brilliant. Brilliant. I was like nodding along listening to that. (laughs) Just fantastic. Thank you so much for everything you're doing. You've really honestly changed my viewpoint and I realized that I need to make more efforts to push kind of through that fear, which is clearly, um, clearly still there, that trauma. Um, <laughs> so thank you for that. And just for everything you're doing, it's great. You're really making it accessible and um, so much easier, especially as a, as a parent to try and embrace and have these conversations and talk about just with everything you're doing the events all it makes it easier to kind of to to open it up and have a conversation which is where you know it all starts so thank you and all the hats you hold and everything you're doing thanks for having me
1: <laughs> dope black mums.
0: if you'd like to join the dope black mums private facebook group please search dope black mums on facebook don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Please follow on all socials at Dope Black Mums. Thanks so much for listening. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus,